0: this side up. Past spectres, present ghosts. How poignant that, in this of all weeks, the two most breathtaking winners on Belmont Day should both have prompted comparisons with Ghost Zapper, whose Breeders' Cup Classic at Lone Star Park in 2004 was surely the greatest thoroughbred performance ever on Texan soil. Because while the whole racing world came to Dallas that day, it appears that there will be no reciprocal embrace when it comes to the standard sought, not just federally, but internationally, to give American horse racing credibility in the contest for public engagement in the 21st century. It's precisely because some individual states, obdurately or cynically indifferent to the bigger picture, can prove so undeserving of their precious autonomy that we need to find a better way. As it is, one that has produced many great horsemen and women, not to mention a triple crown winner in assault, is now menaced by strangulation as regulation. It feels like the political equivalent of some reckless sadomasochistic excess that turns into a tragic accident. Anyway, to more cheerful subjects, or maybe not, because while it's gratifying that the original at 22 is still recycling his genetic prowess at Hill and Dale, the idea that we might have not one new ghost zapper, but two feels too far-fetched a coincidence, given how rarely we are favored by so freakish a talent. It's pretty clear what both Flightline and Jack Christopher have to do if they are to sustain comparisons so far stimulated by the sheer exhilaration with which they've been dominating all comers. And that's eventually to stretch out the way Ghost Zapper did that day at Lone Star. As things stand, there does at least appear to be a tantalising possibility that they could end up doing so together, and in the same race as their great template. Until they do, however, it feels a little premature for that contentious adjective, great, to have been applied as liberally as it already has to flight line in particular. There's no denying his extraordinary natural ability, and it's exciting that he's bred to be at least as good Round a second turn. Thankfully, we may be able to test that hope pretty soon or as soon as will be allowed by a career schedule that promises to make him a poster boy for the notorious diffidence of modern horsemen compared with their predecessors. You would think that a son of Tappet with a second Danby Dynaformer might be equal to more old-fashioned campaigning, but at least those influences will be squarely behind him once his stamina is examined. From a European perspective, the rise of flight line attests to a different way of measuring things over here. After clocking those monster buyers in maiden and optional allowance sprints, no American horse player was surprised to see him separate himself from grade one rivals with equal contempt. And he's now averaging 112 through four starts. In a racing environment less beholden to the stopwatch, however, you might still hear one or two caveats that in the Met Mile he beat one horse that really needs 10 furlongs and another that put in a conspicuous backward step and a pure sprinter. Nor would such a trifling loss of rhythm and some light early traffic be taken terribly seriously. On the other hand, nobody could fail to be dazzled that he could do this off a long layoff, shipping for the first time, and at a new trip. What should really sharpen European antennae, however, is the other F word in the room. When it comes to greatness, no modern horse on the other side of the water has achieved more consensus than Frankel. So much so that at the time it took some nerve to dare question the conservatism with which he was campaigned beating up the same guys in the same discipline until his penultimate start and never leaving his stall for a single night. While there were admittedly tragically extenuating circumstances, the fact is there had never been a time when his late trainer, Sir Henry Cecil, would have been comfortable about risking his champion's immaculate record in, say, the Bridge Cup Classic or Arc. An unbeaten record does tend to become a burden that stays the hand of adventure. Frankel was always being measured against spectres of the past, but never never went looking for trouble, even against his contemporaries. It's wonderful that connections of Flightline are disposed to explore the range of his brilliance. having relaunched him on the same day that the Kentucky Derby winner bombed out in the third leg of the Triple Crown, after spurning the second, Let's hope they remember our collective mission, already mentioned in a different context, of public engagement. Flightline is proving one of those paragons that the bloodstock business needs to work out just every so often as a seven-figure yearling from a noble maternal line who is going to repay those stakes big time as a stallion. But potentially exposing his wares across no more than half a dozen starts wouldn't just shortchange breeders of the future who need evidence that he's a reliable vessel of the kind of toughness latent in his page. It also gives him little chance of reaching the kind of public so much more accessible in the era, for instance, of his 10 for 47 ancestress Lady Pitt. As for Jack Christopher, while we naturally respect Chad Brown's direct experience of ghost zapper, You would think that Munnings is going to need quite a bit of help from the mayor if he's to get their son home in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Jack Christopher's dam is by half-hours, hardly a stamina brand, and is also a half-sister to Street Boss, an unusually fast horse for a son of Street Cry. Their mother, incidentally, was by a Jijin and so contributes to the redemption of Damascus as a distaff influence, after failing to establish a sire line. Daughters of Damascus himself produced Red Ransom, Boundary, Coronado's Quest, plus the Grand Am of McLean's Music. Among his failed sons, meanwhile, Bale Jumper is damn sire of Medaglia d'Oro, Ocipiter gave us the second dam of Cairo Prince, and Eugidjan, above all, has secured a lasting foothold as damsire of Johannesburg. Johannesburg's son, Scat Daddy, of course, managed to come up with a triple crown winner from a mare by none other than Ghost Sapper. So we do know that the most brilliant horses can carry their speed further on dirt than on paper. Certainly, Jack Christopher, for now, looks the most charismatic member of a crop that remains a long way short of resolving its hierarchy. Actually, all it may take is for one barn to establish its own pecking order, and the rest may follow, with Jack Christopher on nodding terms with Sandon and early voting. Between early voting and Moe Donegal, the Wood Memorial has now furnished two classic winners. If Mo could win the Travers too, he would emulate Damascus as one of five horses to have won an Empire State Triple Crown of Wood, Belmont and Travers. Damascus, to be fair, raced 16 times at three. He lost out by half a length in the Gotham in a tooth and nail duel with Dr. Fager and came out six days later to win the Wood by half a dozen lengths. Okay, maybe we have to accept that most horsemen nowadays consider it unreasonable to campaign a modern racehorse the way Frank Whiteley Jr. did Damascus, who won from six furlongs to two miles. But if we cede that point, however reluctantly, then let's hope that some others in our industry can recognize the need for a more obviously wholesome form of modernisation. For the TDN, this is Chris McGrath.